Welcome to the MF Gamers Podcast. This is a burnout special. I'm Hendo and I'm joined by Sly. Hello. Hello. So, yeah, on this episode we're going to be talking about all of the burnout games made by and not made by Criterion in honour of the Burnout Paradise remaster which is out this month. First of all, we're going to start with the original Burnout. I did. I had it on the GameCube, and it surprised me. I did some research for this because obviously we need to get a bit of information at our fingertips. And it surprised me that it was released November 2001 on the PS2, and a year later on GameCube and Xbox. And I had the GameCube version. Right. And this, the same thing happened with the second one as well. It was a year later on other systems. I don't remember that. I remember it coming out at the same time, but I must have been mistaken about that. But yeah, I had the GameCube version, and it was brilliant. I remember playing Burnout on a friend's PlayStation 2 and not being impressed with it at all. Really? I'll tell you what it reminded me of. Do you remember when Wipeout came out on the PlayStation 1? And yeah. like you sort of flying about and what have you done. And every time you sort of touch anything, it's just like you just fucking grind to an alt or crash or whatever. Yeah. I got really, really frustrated with it. And it was like, well, this ain't fucking going anywhere, this game. Like... That's it, Joe. It's done. It's probably one of the few times where I've been, like, completely fucking wrong. I didn't see any fucking sequels or anything like that, you know, spilling out from the original Burnout game. I just thought it was really uninspired and and just sort of one of those games that... Do you know, like, you sort of got back in that generation where it's just like, it's a one and done yeah. sort of deal. I thought that's what it was going to be off the back of Burnout. I remember really loving Burnout. Not as much as the one that came after, but I really enjoyed it at the time. And I watched some footage to prepare for this, and yeah, it looks a bit rough, obviously. Of course it does. I mean, it's it's fucking it's old enough to work now. It's yeah. left it's left school in terms of um, games being old. It's it's knocking on in game. Like you look at games from like five years ago, they look old and a bit ropey. Some of them. So yeah, yeah. I mean. It's sort of to be expected, you know, it's, it's turn of the fucking millennium sort of de- game development, so, yeah. But to give it a bit of history, it was developed by Criterion, obviously, and published by Acclaim. Criterion actually started as a middleware company, and from what I can gather, Burnout was actually intended as, like, we'll make this in order to advertise our tech, basically. Yeah, we're a demonstration piece of software. Whereas now people think of Criterion as, oh yeah, they make Burnout and the odd need for speed and stuff. Also doing the research for this, 
and something else I completely forgot that the music in this and the second one is all original music there's no licensed music yeah that's right and it was made by a guy called Stephen Root oh I have no knowledge about at all I would presume that he was an in-house guy I don't actually remember much of the music from the first burnout at all music of its time it's like guitars and guitars and electronica sort of like free music that you get off uh, like royalty free stuff I'm guessing yeah pretty much yeah so we move on to burnout 2 point of impact <laughs> This was released in autumn 2002 on PS2 and as I said earlier, a year later on GameCube and Xbox. Exactly the same credits as the last one. This one introduced the crash mode, because the crash mode wasn't on Burnout 1. See, this game I bought on Xbox. I bought it on... it was just a spur of the moment purchase. I went out with my friend Mark and it was like, oh, it's Burnout. Sort of laughed at it because of the, the first game. And we're yeah. like, I oh, will try it and see what it is. Like, a lot of magazines have been saying it's pretty decent so yeah we'll have a look at it yeah we sat until like four o'clock in the morning playing crash mode it was fucking phenomenal like really yep. really really good yep it were astonishingly good the gulf between quality from burnout to burnout 2 were just it was absolutely huge like yeah. extravagantly huge everything were just nicer to look at everything sounded better it played but it controlled better they were, um, like, I think the tracks and stuff were better as well. I can't remember much of a difference between them now, but I do remember at the time it was like, Burnout 2 is a lot better. Yeah. It's much more polished, there's more to it. It actually felt like a game instead of a demo project. Yeah, yeah. And the theme music for Burnout 2 is more iconic to me. When I was gathering the music for this, mm. the Burnout 1 theme was like, oh yeah, that's, that's, yeah, I kind of remember that. The Burnout 2 theme. It's sort of that chugging guitar in that and so on. Yep. And I think it, it sort of reinforces in the way that the sound design in this game works when you're boosting and it sort of like, goes high octane and fucking the bass sliders go up and everything sort of blurs and they got to a point in this game with the design where they understood the visuals and the sound and you know the feedback of the controls and stuff were all connected yeah so you got that thriller you know everything being super fast and like you're just constantly teetering on the edge of your seat every fucking time you're playing yep i thought it was great yeah a fantastic game really really good i think that's probably the high point of the series really yeah for me as a racing game i think it's a high point of the series oh well um we'll see what you think of the next one so next up we have burnout free takedown Good at wasting our time. We are the lazy generation. We are the lazy generation. We are the lazy generation now. Stand up. 
Uh, this was uh, 2004 and it was released on PS2 and Xbox and there was no GameCube release. This is probably why I don't remember much about it because at the time it was GameCube and nothing else. So I mustn't have played this one at all. Right. A little bit of history. Acclaim, which published the last two, had gone bankrupt so EA bought Criterion. However, originally, and I didn't know this until I did a bit of research, they wanted Criterion to make a skateboarding game to basically rival Tony Hawk's. And they started making it, but they canned it, and they made Burnout Free instead. Right. Which is probably the wiser move. I wonder if that's where Skate came from as well. I couldn't imagine Skate being made by Criterion. Yeah, not but not by Criterion, but it wouldn't surprise me if that idea Joe rolled round in oh, his yeah. fucking mind. Because Tony Hawk's were huge then, weren't it? We're making... Megabucks. Yeah, they'd have had that idea since Tony Hawk's 1, probably. Yeah, yeah. Also, what I didn't remember about the first two games when I was researching this is that the boost was changed from this, from the previous one. The previous ones, you could only use the boost when it was maxed. Mm. And in this one, that you could use the boost whenever. Yeah, the, the f- second game, the boost worked like it were a risk-reward thing, so you had things called boost chaining. Yeah. When you weld the boost down, if you did enough dangerous driving in between the boost burning and running out, you get another boost bar. If you're just, like you're driving up wrong side of the road, you just get like infinite boost bars. But of course, you're driving, you just get in faster and faster and faster as you're going into fucking incoming traffic. So yeah. just, it's like it's really really risky. Burnout takedowns all spin on the dangerous driving thing. Well, is that it sort of turned it into a fighting game? Yeah. So you're just constantly shunting cars and you know pushing them into into the walls and stuff. And I don't think it were as fast. It wasn't as clean. Like it were more. It were a scrappier game in terms of racing, just because you were you know you were beating the other cars up. Like that, yeah. the whole point of the game. And, and the more cars you beat up, the bigger your boost bar got. Up to like four times as long. I think it was four times as long. I'd have to check that. Although I don't remember playing the game, and I probably didn't. I do remember when it came out and the whole thing about the game was it's gone much more aggressive now. Yeah, it got much more aggressive. It got much more polished as well. Because it, had, yeah. you could see the difference between Burnout to Burnout 2, you know, with the levels of polish and, like, loving that have been slavered all over it. And then you went to Takedown and it's like, okay, corporate business has got hold of this. And you know, it, it was like watching... Uh, indie star go boy band or something like it was yeah. crazy like it was so fucking primped and you know everything was nice and it had a licensed soundtrack and it were really like there were lots of sparks and Joe effects and stuff Joe going on Joe smoke effects and just generally like they really pushed the boat out on this they must have spent a fucking fortune on it comparatively Joe or the other games yeah well I was going to say that's the um, where the EA influence is because as you said, this one's got licensed music, which the previous two didn't. Mm. So you've got Ash, Fallout Boy, Franz Ferdinand, Funeral for a Friend, Jimmy Eat World, My Chemical Romance. So emo rock of that time, mm. really. I tell you, this game made me hate this song, This Fire, by Franz Ferdinand. <laughs> I fucking... Because every time you seem to boot it up, it was just, just sort of playing. Like, yeah. it seemed to be in rotation a lot more than every other fucking song. So I still don't like that song to this day. Like it, it spoiled it for me. I never wore a fan of it anyway, but yeah, that really took it into the mud. I have an interesting anecdote about this game, actually, if you'd like to hear it. Go on. Uh, yeah, in 2004, I had an accident. Oh. I detached my retina in uh, Taekwondo 
about. And it happened in like July or August of 2004. And I had several operations just to have it reattached and stuff. Mm, nice. And when this game came out, I had it pre-ordered. And I would under strict instructions by my doctors to like, yeah, you stay at home, you don't do anything. You don't do any heavy lifting, you don't do any driving, you don't... And I were like, but burnout's out. And I actually went into Leeds <laughs> to buy it. And I remember sitting and playing it on my Xbox and just thinking, I have the world's worst headache. This is probably not good for me, do you know, fucking nah. playing this. Yeah, I really struggled through, Joe, you know, like the first couple of weeks while I was recovering. So was that with one working eye? Was the other eye... Could you see out the other eye? Both eyes were working. It was just one of them were really, really sensitive, Joe, you know, like light chains and stuff. Oh, uh, probably not the ideal game to be playing when there's fucking explosions and sparks and, you know, all sorts of loud fucking banging and crashing going on. No, I wouldn't have thought so. It was totally worth it. I don't regret any of it. Okay, we're going to move on to Burnout Legends. Burnout Legends was a kind of best of that was on the PSP and the DS and I never bought the DS one but I got the PSP one it might have been a launch game I can't quite remember it no, was it 2005 no it wasn't a launch game it was a little bit behind launch yeah I think a few months maybe yeah I actually had this and I remember my most vivid memories of it is do you know it's got like different events so mm. you, like, you had like burning laps and stuff, or like races or takedown events. There were one, and it were, you were driving a Formula 1 card on a burning lap, and it took me fucking loads and loads of goals to get past. Like, I'm not even joking. I think I spent more time playing that one race than I did the rest of the game, trying to get past it. It was insanely difficult. And it was really hard because it sort of did that thing, you know, where everything's really, really shiny. Yeah. That era in gaming, sort of, everything looked like it was fucking covered in Vaseline. Yeah. Yeah. Like the road did the thing, you know, where like, I mean, we still, you get it in real life. You know, when you're driving at fucking sun's load and road's wet, it sort of dazzles you. But it yeah. had that effect and it like, fuck me, I just, I can't see what I'm doing. It was just blind luck, you know, that I managed to fucking finish it, that particular race. I remember it being more that, yeah, you couldn't really see the horizon that well. Mm. So you were basically just guessing where you were going. It might have been, um, like a draw limitation of the platform, draw distance and stuff. Like I never really thought about it until now, but it won't surprise me if that were the case. I remember technically it was running really fast and really well, so maybe that was why. Maybe to keep the frame rate up. 
This game was my introduction to the music that we've just heard, which is We Are Scientists, The Great Escape. Right. So you actually learnt music from these, these games? That's the only one I can think of. Yeah, I mean, like, well, it's in Tony Hawk's, you'd sort of hear something and go, oh, I like that, where's that from? Right. I think We Are Scientists is the one I really that really springs out of me. And it might have been on the game before it was out, or before the album was out, possibly. So I was really looking forward to getting the album because of Burnout Legends. I think that's... I mean, we're going back a while now. But we'll move on to Burnout Revenge. Now, this is a 360 one, or the first one on the 360. However, it was also on PS2 and original Xbox. So I have no idea what those versions come out like. Because cross-generational games are never usually a good thing. Mm. What's your uh, experience of this one? This was the first one I played online. Right. I'd never finish a story mode, and there's a reason for that. It just wasn't that interesting. I think by this time it was sort of, you know, it was running out of steam for ideas. Like, it would try to, you know, replicate the uh, takedown sort of, you know, gameplay, like the, the four-wheeled fighting sort of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it felt like a lot of games of that era when it's like, oh, we're just going to keep making sequels, Joe, you know, because it's printing money. And yeah. the little innovations like the traffic checking and, Joe, you know, the, um, the takedowns, Joe, you know, where you could land on someone. Well, just yeah. like these aren't really that. They're not big enough, you know, to yeah. change the game overall to make it worthy of a sequel. It's like when you get from after Tony Hawk's four, I guess. Like you're just adding tiny, tiny things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also found out that they turned the servers off for this for the 361 in 2012. So unless they had a change of heart, which I don't think they did, you can uh, not play this online at all. And I don't think any of these games mentioned so far have been available on PC. So, yeah, that's a bit depressing. <laughs> yeah. I think Burnout Revenge is probably the like the dark... Uh, not the dark horse. You know, the black sheep of the Burnout games for me. It's one of those where it sort of just put a bit of hesitation. It's like, I don't know if I want to continue with this series from now on. Hmm. I genuinely don't know if... I've got a PS2 Burnout that I've barely played, which might be this... I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think I've played this one. And by the time I got my 360, Burnout Revenge was... No one was playing it, so I never bothered. Mm. We're going to move on to another one that we've we've not played. Burnout Dominator. (laughs) 
don't even know what it's about. Yeah, I. So it sounds like a really, really cheap cash-in. It was made not by Criterion, but EA UK, which was made up of Bullfrog employees, just to uh, really kick him in the teeth, like, you're going to make a burnout game. And EA UK also made Harry Potter games, so obviously, uh, poor bastards. That studio got renamed EA Brightlight, and they got shut down in 2011. Not surprising, typically, yeah. And this was a PlayStation exclusive. This was only PS2 and PSP. All right. That's maybe why I didn't play it then. Yeah, and also just to kind of reinforce the fact that it sounds like a cheap cash-in, the theme is a slight remix of the Burnout 2 theme. And I mean slight. Yeah, I don't mind that. A lot of games have running themes. So if something's iconic, then you don't want to tamper with it too much. Yeah, I guess so, but I mean, the theme is really, really barely different. I think after the point of where the music has just played, where I faded out, there's a bit more of a wailing guitar on it than on the original, but there's not much of a difference. Yeah, they've just amended it a tiny fraction. Yeah. We're going to move on to the uh, PS de Resistance Burnout Paradise. Now, I'm going to go back to your uh, your earlier comment, Burnout 2 as the pinnacle. Yeah. So, are you saying Burnout 2 is the pinnacle for that style of Burnout, or are you saying that this is better than Burnout Paradise? I think Burnout 2 is one of the best racing games ever done. Wow. In, um, in arcade terms. There's not a lot wrong with it. Burnout Paradise is sort of like a greatest hits album. Where it sort of mashes everything, you know, from the previous games. And mm. it does it so fucking right. It does it so, like... It's a spectacular game, Burnout Paradise. It really, really is. I don't want to take away Joe from it. But yeah. I think as an experience, probably Burnout 2 is, Joe, the one. If you want a racing game that's um, the point-to-point racing. That's uh, It's purely about racing. It's not about running into someone or, you know, finding shortcuts. or It's just... Purely, Joe. Everyone's got the same objective, and that's to you know get in front. Yeah, it's, it's not about being a dick to each other. It's about risky racing. I kind of look at it the same way that the most recent Zelda has got open world, and you play it and you go, I can't see how they can go back to the old Zelda, mm. and I also can't see how they can make a sequel to Breath of the Wild, and the Burnout's kind of the same as like they've been doing 
little changes here and there and then this one was completely like the same principle but very different as well I think the thing for me is with this game is they encapsulate all the different types of burnout while adding on top so you have the you know, the the different burnout gauges so you have the one where you it charges up and you can only use it you know when it's full and yeah. you sort of get another burnout gauge if you you know run it out and drive dangerous enough while you're doing it you mm. have the the fighting style ones which are your heavier cars which you sort of got a rock paper scissors thing going on with the cars so yeah. you have the heavy cars the stunt cars which were new and the speed cars and the way that the game worked is you had the races at each junction and it were like there's eight points on the map so there were like a golf club a wind farm a docks a military base a fuel station I think were one an observatory baseball stadium yeah the baseball stadium were the bottom right I remember just doing donuts continually at the baseball stadium. And the thing is, so you had all these cars lining up. It wasn't so much like this in the single player, but on the multiplayer. You'd look at the starting grid and it's like, okay, I've got several stunt cars. I've got several heavy cars, like fighting cars. And then we've got a couple of speed cars. And it's like, those speed cars are going to branch off and go straight to the interstate. Yeah. The stunt cars are going to, you know, go through the shopping centre or whatever, where they can, you know, like stump between... The, you know, the different levels of the mall and the fighting cars are going to follow either of them and you'll try and knock them off so you had this sort of like you start off and then it branches off and then it branches off again and it branches off and branches off and branches off until you get to like the half point where in the race and then it starts funneling players do you know to the point so say like you're going to the aforementioned baseball stadium hmm. you'd see people like in the job roads next to you or like in the overpasses or whatever it's like okay I know that he's going to come off at this next intersection so if I can fucking get to him while he does it I can fucking smash him join the wall as I drive past and I'll take him out of the race I completely fuck his race up and that was a fascinating thing for me in this game that you had this city you had these rule sets the speed the stunt and the fighting cars and they sort of interwinded with each other and it were like you had all these mind games. It's like, do I go up here? Do I do I try and wrong foot this guy? Do I try and race the train? <laughs> do you know, like you had all these different aspects of getting to where you wanted to go. Yeah. And you had to contend with the other seven players. And the mind games for me there were like, this is just fantastic. Like, no race were ever the same. The map had to be ingrained on your mind for you to do well. And I think that's a lot of people's issue with it because they were that used to the previous games, just that hold the fucking right trigger, or X or whatever, and just your yeah. wall ride around the fucking map, around the track. And, you know, if you knock a couple of cars off, you can win. Because that's how it was. It was very linear in, yeah, in, that, yeah. in the early ones. You could do that in the, the takedown and the revenge. You could wall ride and, and just Joe still be good at it. It got a lot more casual, I think, the word I'm looking for. So in the first game, like, if you tried to fucking wall ride in that, you just it just used to smash you. You could do it a little bit in point of impact but to be really really good at that game you needed to be taking racing lines dodge through the traffic whereas after that it just like you could just fucking smash your way through exploit the boost and stuff it it was very um, it took a lot of tactics out of it and I think Burnout Paradise inserted those tactics back in but in a different manner there was also just so much stuff to do like even if you didn't do any events or challenges or you played online 
just driving around learning the map was one thing for you could do and the checkpoints and the billboards beating other people's times on every single street yeah oh god i remember doing that that were that was such a fucking like you you come online and it's like oh for fuck's sake endo's beat my fucking jaw on this like really bad hairpin it's like, just, like me, but yeah, okay. you just you just be like fucking going over it again and again and again until you know you get it right. And it's yeah. like yeah, fucking pushed him off. And, and next time they come online, it's like you get a message from them going, "Oh, you absolute prick." Yeah, the events where you could go online with up to seven or eight people, I think eight player lobbies, and you had like it'd say meet in the baseball stadium or get on yeah. this specific roof. But you could have completely different events for two people. Three yeah. people, four people, and no matter how many people you had, you could do specific events. I think it was you had fifty events for each, you know, set of players hmm. for each amount of players, and the the sort of some of them were like, Joe, do a fucking a barrel roll or do a flat spin over this, and then it'd sort of check it off for the people that would do, and there yeah. were always one person that were just like, oh fucking hell, you you're holding us up, and they're trying to do like flat spins in a fucking speed car or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, I'm trying to get my boost up. I'll be with you in a minute. It was a mind-blowing online experience. Mm. Just, people could just drop it at any point. I think the crazy thing is as well, like, the demo was fucking gash, wasn't it? Yeah. This is why I, I wonder whether people, and we'll get to that later, but people who didn't like Paradise, maybe they just played the demo because the demo was terrible. They put the demo out in December 2007, and um, the game, the full game came out January in 2008, so a month after, mm. but the demo was terrible, and I remember Alex Ward from Criterion, the director, he was just being really defensive over it and saying, oh, people don't understand, and it sounded really arrogant, mm. but once you've played the game a bit, you go, oh, I get exactly what yeah, he meant. Yeah, yeah. See, the demo actually put me off. Yeah. And at the time, I was... Um the company that I was working for, someone's son had a birthday and they got two copies of this game. Right. A Burnout Paradise and it were like, oh yeah, I'm selling this one. And it's like, how much a game giving you for it? Or wherever, game station. I, I'm not entirely sure where it was, you're going to trade it in. And they're like, oh, they're going to give me this. And it's like, oh, I'll give you 20 quid for it instead. Jokes <laughs> it Bob. It were more. I just yeah. bought it on a total whim. Because it were like, yeah, I'll try it and you know, I'll see if it's any good. And it's like, yeah, it fucking turned out to be like proper fantastic. Yep. The other, um, the greatest hits kind of idea of it, going to the music, you've got licensed music that you expect. You've got the Guns N' Roses continually playing and Avril Lavigne infecting everyone. You've got a load of the previously original music from Burnout 1 and 2. And you've got classical pieces Mm. like Bach, Mozart, Tchaikovsky. It was kind of crazy to be playing Burnout and slow motion crashing while... The Nutcracker Suite's playing. It was great. I tried this game on... I was doing the Steam Tomballer a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. And uh, I saw that I had Burnout Paradise, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a quick go. And uh, I think all the licensed music had been taken out of it, and you were just left with the, you know, the classical music oh, in right. place. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. Like, you know, the licensing for the tracks had expired. Mm. You still had Guns N' Roses, obviously, at the start, but... Everything else had been stripped out from what I could gather. Unless I were just being fucking dense, you know, and I couldn't work out what were going on. But yeah, I thought it were really, really weird that, you know, they'd done that. Kind of happens now and again now. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, what uh, it Vice City that had a lot of its fucking soundtracks stripped when it went to PC. 
Yeah. Or it got remade or, you know, like reissued. Yeah. And um, Michael Jackson went on it. Okay. And the last game in the series is Burnout Crash. Now, Burnout Crash was made by Criterion, but as far as I can make out, it was a skeleton crew. This is 2011 on 360 and PS3 to downloadable, and uh, on the phones it was released in 2012. Mm-hmm. This is completely different, and this, in theory, answers a lot of people's complaints from Paradise, because they wanted Crash Mode, which wasn't couldn't really be done, I suppose, in Paradise. You had a similar kind of mode, but it wasn't really same thing yeah you had a, a thing where if you pull both triggers at the same time you sort of jackknife your car didn't you then and then you could bounce it along the road until yeah. it were a fucking tiny tiny little fucking cube like nothing left of it well people missed the puzzle aspect of mm. crash mode so they made this and it's top down and cartoony i think i played the trial the free trial from the 360 i don't think i bought it i didn't bother with it at all no I don't blame you. Yeah, I know people that spent a lot of time on it, though. They got, like, obsessively fucking, you know, into it, trying to beat each other's scores and stuff. It wore at a time where we sort of just looking at going across generations here. Hmm. People had sort of just fragmented off into their own little communities because it's impossible to buy every game. It's impossible for everyone, you know, to... It's not like the early days of Xbox 360, Joe, where everyone's got Halo 3, so yeah. everyone plays Halo 3. Those big games don't keep people glued together. And like I say, you sort of get a fragmentation, but there's, there were a lot of people that played Burnout Crash on my friends list. It seemed to be like a little bit of an evergreen thing, like Trials HD. Yeah, so People, Joe, sort of went back to it. Um, the, you had this like leaderboard score-chasing thing. I think that was the appeal of it. Well, that was the the sort of the focus of it. Mm. In many ways, I think Burnout Crash. What well, people that got into it, it was their pinball effects for me. When it were like, Joe, they'd go up and spend like thirty minutes on it mm. a couple of times a week to see, you know, if they've been ousted or if they could better the scores somewhere. It's funny you say that because I watched a video with a, one of the developers. I think it was the director who wasn't Alex Ward. Right talking about it before it came out and showing the footage off and he said it is very clearly inspired by pinball oh really i didn't know that yeah it is a combination of pinball and the original crash mode it might be one of those things that will go back to and go you know what actually this is all right however one mode that is terrible uh, from what i'm watching this video on the 360 you could use connect and you have a connect mode and you literally put your hands up as if you're steering a, a steering wheel to control the car and then you move your body around 
like basically wiggling yourself to use the aftertouch and then you'll have um, one of several moves to do like you know the, the sort of the jump move to propel the car bouncing from one to the other mm. so one of them is like you jump up in the air or one you crouch down and pretend you're laying an egg for some bizarre reason Why? or you put your hands in the air it, yeah it, it looks as bad as it sounds I mean I had never played it but watching other people play it doesn't look good at all yeah, I think Connect is going to be a footnote in, in a lot of games. Well, in games history that it were just a John object failure. It just didn't yeah. feel good to use or anything like that. In researching this, obviously I've been looking for the soundtrack in each game. And this one surprised me. Well, for, at first, it surprised me. Oh, there's like, there's Ice Ice Baby by um, Vanilla Ice and there's Push It. There's Dr. Beat. There's It's Raining Men, Bad Boys and Gold by Spandau Ballet. And I thought, all right, maybe it was like set in the 80s. And when I watched the footage of it, basically they've taken a tiny snippet of each of those songs for certain things that happen. Like an ice cream van will come along and then Ice Ice Baby will play. Oh, right, like a jingle. Yeah, or it's raining. I mean, it's it's the actual licensed music, but it's like, say, 10 seconds worth of it. And it's raining men will play when there's a thunderstorm and stuff like that. Right. Which is, yeah, I, I kind of, yeah, I kind of, I like it, but hey-ho. But we're not going to end on the uh, forgettable spin-off. We've come here because Paradise is getting remastered. So this month, more or less when this podcast comes out, Paradise Remastered will be out. It's worth stating at this point, we haven't seen any Digital Foundry articles on it. We don't know that much about it apart from what they're officially saying, which is it's exactly the same. There are no microtransactions. It's going to run at 60 frames a second, but this could come out and we'll be looking like fools. But in theory, it should be good. You've got to remember, a lot of time's passed since the mid-noughties. And Mm. as I said earlier with Burnout 1, it's an old game. This is a fucking granddad in terms of gaming. And I think Uh... people should be careful because it might not be as good. Like, you add Danger Man on talking about, you know, his Mega Drive games and his nostalgia and stuff and talking about Shadow of the Colossus and stuff and, you know, how nostalgia can sometimes come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. And I think this could be a big fucking dose of that for some people. It's not going to be what they remembered. Yeah. Like I said, I've watched a lot of footage of pretty much all of the games in research in this and Paradise still looks great. The, the car models themselves a little bit dated but like forgetting how it's going to look presumably it's going to look you know a lot better than it did Mm. watching the gameplay still looks it kind of tempted me to switch my 360 on and put paradise in to be honest yeah it's funny you should say that because the when this announcement were officially you know brought to light Mm. i saw a couple of people on steam that were like playing burnout paradise and it were like oh well that's surprising because you wouldn't expect to, you know, it to stir that much interest in yeah. those people. You think they'd be done and dusted with it? I don't think anyone who loved it at the time is gonna slag it off when they play the remaster. I don't think so. Mm. I'm very tempted, uh, if only to play Big Surf, because I never played Big Surf. Yeah, I played it. My history with Burnout Paradise is I got so good at it that a lot of the people that I used to, Joe, we used to have Friday nights on Xbox Live. Hmm. People just refuse to play it. They refuse to play Joe the racing part. So by the time Big Surf came around, it was like everyone had just fucking Joe moved on. 
I had no one to play it with, so it just sort of jaw fell by the wayside. So I'm interested in I'm interested in that portion of the game. So do you know I can see what all the fuss was about because apparently that was fucking amazing as well. I don't know if amazing. I think because it was about a year or two after it came out, it was more landmass for you to go on. So I mean, don't get your hopes up. It's just mm. like it's more that land to learn mm. and it's more checkpoints and it's more billboards and stuff yeah it's it's very vertical apparently as well isn't it yeah i think so from what i remember and that's the thing we didn't mention in the uh, the main paradise thing is the remaster has all of the dlc released apart from the time saver packs where you could buy to unlock all the cars so from what i can make out the remaster version has all of the cars unlocked all of the DLC, which is the bikes, the big surf island, cops and robbers, which is actually the most disappointing DLC they released for it. Right. Um, that that was a really poor mode. That was really boring. They had toy cars. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the miniature ones. Didn't have a Back to the Future car as well. Yeah, they had the knockoff film cars. So you got the Back to the Future knockoff, Ghostbusters, A Team, and Kit, I think. Knight Rider Kit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was one of them. Yeah, so it's got all of that. So in theory, I think this should be superb. But I guess within a week or so of this podcast, we'll find out. Yeah. I've got some comments from the forum. A little bit positive, a little bit negative. Blakey said, a remaster of 3 or 4 would have really got me hyped. I detest Paradise with a passion, so this is a big pass from me. He said, the open world and bland track city uh, killed Paradise for me. Regiment um, commented... The third one was incredible. I can't argue there, but Paradise refined everything. Even if you do prefer 3, at the very least, Paradise was better than the overly aggressive gameplay of Revenge and Legends. I honestly don't remember playing Dominator, though, so I can't comment on that one. Yeah, that's... I don't think... Did anyone play Dominator? I don't know. Maybe no one no, no one ever bought it. <laughs> it's, yeah, that, it's just fucking lost in other times of video games. We got comment from Duck. He said, Paradise was better socially, but 3 was so much more tighter gameplay-wise, and it has a proper crash mode too, and a better soundtrack. I think that depends on your taste in music, doesn't it? The um, soundtrack thing. I think Paradise had the better soundtrack, just because there was so much of it. Mm. I don't actually remember the soundtrack in the older games, because I had an Xbox, so I just used to listen Uh, to my own music, you know, when the soundtracks got um, a bit much. Yeah. When I'd listened to this fire for like a billion fucking times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, says I found Paradise equal parts amazing and boring I was always conflicted about it I admired it from a technical standpoint but when playing it I always lost interest within a couple of hours I mean fair comment a lot of people find that with open world games don't they like the um, the struggle with well you especially like with Bethesda games like you struggle with direction and stuff and purpose but on the on the more sort of arcade um, open world games, you know me, I love them. You give me um, a Crackdown or uh, a Saints Row, and I'm all there. Mm. Which again, this is what Paradise is. It's it's open world arcadey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm all on this. I guess maybe at some point there'll be a Play One Bin where, where this gets talked about. Yeah, hopefully. That's the end of our burnout special. So we'll see you in Paradise City. Goodbye. <laughs>